What's up, everybody? This is another Tuesday, another Longhorn Confidential. Danny Davis, the Austin American Statesman, joined as always by Cedric Golden, Kirk Bowles, Thomas Jones. It's Alabama week. I know that's why y'all tuned in, whether it's uh, listen to us on podcasts or watch us on YouTube or the website. We got to talk about Rice first. That's the season opener. It's only a couple days behind us. Uh, Texas 37, Rice 10. Um, Closer than expected first half, but in the second half, Texas pulled away. A good third quarter defense played well throughout. Um, But some stumbles along the way. But let's go around the room. Thomas, we'll start with you. Texas entered that game as the number 11 team in the AP poll. Did they look like it against the Owls? Well, it's hard to tell because they treat it like a preseason game. I mean, their starters played so limited snaps. Um, defensively, yeah, they look like the they look like a top ten team. Offensively, couldn't tell. You know, they didn't do that much. They weren't that efficient. So we'll see this week. Kirk, uh, no, they did not. Uh, you know, I told you. Last week, when we were all deciding what we wanted to look for and what we expected, I looked for a complete, no doubt, top 10 team, control the game, start to finish, and I didn't see that. So, yeah, they didn't look the worst. There were some other teams in the conference that looked worse, but you shouldn't have a sloppy sure. first half like that. And and quite frankly, they struggled. I mean, three and nine uh, third downs that first half, 16 to three lead, and they did uh, very little defensively. I agree with TJ a hundred percent. DJ, uh, the t- the defense looked top ten, no question about it. But that offense, especially the offensive line, left a lot to be desired. Said overall, didn't look like a top ten team, but the defense looked like world beaters. Um, uh, clogged the middle, ma- made life difficult for Daniels at quarterback, and and didn't give up many big plays and that bodes well for for what's coming up um last week when we talked here uh you daniel asked me what i was looking for i said i need a queen i need queen to be good and he was not good early on and those kind of halves can get you beat be it a first half or a second half when you play poorly in one half of football against quality competition you can get beat against rice they were able to overcome it because that defense was great um, gonna need Mr. Yours to be much better uh in this next test, uh, which is uh, they won't see a better team this season than the one they're gonna face next, I think. So we'll see if he can put four quarters of football together and see if the horns can get an upset at Alabama. I'm in the a win is a win camp. Um they took care of business. <laughs> it looked bad in a part of the first half, but it's also the first half, the first game of this of the season. I'm not gonna freak out too much about it. Um, Quinn sure didn't look spectacular, but I think um, it kind of seemed in post game and on Monday that um, Steve wasn't necessarily willing to put that all on Quinn's shoulders. Um, you know, there was some miscommunication on the offensive line. There's some wrong routes run on some of those deep balls that he missed. He, the head coach, maybe shouldn't have even called that fourth down call on that first drive. I don't, I don't know exactly what was going on there. And the in the rushing game, running game struggled to kind of get established, which should be expected when you're trying to replace the guys that they replaced and then CJ Baxter goes out in the first half with, with his rib injury, although he was back at Rex on Monday. So I think last week I said, and I think someone else said it that we expected the offense to take a little while to catch up to the defense. That's exactly what happened on Saturday. So I, you know, I, I think the number 11 team looked like the number 11 team, the number nine team uh, did not look like the number nine team last night against, uh, against Duke. So 
Texas took care of business, move on to Alabama, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll see over the next couple of weeks against uh, obviously Alabama this week and a Wyoming team that's apparently a lot better than we uh, expected to be, which kind of leads us into our next question. Um, you know, Texas fans can, you know, and you know, people who want to hate on Texas can use the Rice game as a, you know, to make whatever arguments they want to do or freak out if they want to. But there's other Big 12 teams that were more concerned about their season openers. TCU lost a game to Colorado that was not expected. I think a lot of people were kind of waiting for Deion Sanders to come and open the season and get blown out. But, you know, Prime, Prime and some of those, uh, Travis Hunter and uh, Deion, Deion's uh, son, just they took it to TCU. Won that won that game a high scoring fun game. I was actually it was hard. The Texas game kicked off, and I was trying to keep my eyes on the end of that TCU Colorado game. Uh, Tech lost at uh, lost at Wyoming in double overtime, and then Baylor lost to Texas State, which I don't think any of us saw. Even though you know Kirk went and wrote a nice column on uh, uh, GJ Kenny um, last week, but that was still a surprise to see Baylor lose. So of those three losses in the Big Twelve, which one was most surprising in, in Week One? Kirk, we'll start with you. I really thought it was TCU. I, I thought Colorado was a team with 86 new players that might win three games this year. And maybe they still will, but they sure as heck didn't look like it. I mean, to have four receivers go over 100 yards in the first game when, you know, he's had, what, four or five months to work with this team and not five months in a row. I'm talking spring training and then uh, into August. So, I mean, it was a hell of a feat by uh, – Dion, I got to give him credit, but just terrific game, especially defensively for TCU. The some of the worst tackling I think I've ever seen, and you know, Sonny Dykes, uh, the toast of the town last year, he took a huge step back and was very apologetic to his fan base, which he should have because uh, I thought that was just an atrocious performance by TCU. That your thoughts? I agree with Duck. You can't be the number 17 team. You can't be the number 17 team in the country at home and give up a 45 spot to some guys who have never played together. I know Prime is 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 a is a is a a great marketing thing and he's got a movement going and he's been in at in the headlines. But at the end of the day, you gave up 510 yards passing to a guy who was at an HBCU last year. I mean, and we know now that Shadur Sanders is an NFL prospect, no question. Not because he was doing it against TCU, but because he was making throws that that Mr. Ewers should have been making uh, earlier that day, uh, later on that day. It's the same types of throws with the same protections. And so... I think um, Sonny, after being in the national title game, uh, is running scared now. Um, you know, Dave Miranda is a close second. You don't you you got to remember he was the defensive coordinator for a national championship team at LSU, and all of a sudden you can't beat Texas State at the house. So there's a there's a lot there's a lot of uh, coaches that are trying to figure out what the H went wrong in their first game. But I have to put Sonny Dykes in in um in first place and that's not a first place you want to be in you can't lose like that in Cowtown. now tcu won all those close games last year and, and it's a different year that ball may not be bouncing the, their way as much but look give it up for texas state i, I mean 
or Southwest Texas State Bobcats for you old timers, they had never before beaten a team in a Power Five conference. I mean, simple as that. They've never gone on the road and beaten a Power Five team. And they went to Waco and really whooped they them. On them. I mean, they just rolled. They punted them. Yeah. They did. You, you know, Baylor could not stop Texas State. And like said, saying, you know, your head coach is a defensive coordinator with background. You can't allow 40-something points to Texas State. I think that's the most alarming loss for Big 12 team this past weekend. And I, I think, I mean, I think Baylor may have issues anyway. We kind of talked about that entering the season. They're going to be near the bottom of the standings based on that. I mean. It shows yeah. you what coaching can do. <laughs> I, I think the Baylor loss is embarrassing, uh, especially um, our guy Kev reported on Monday, I think that, Baylor paid $350,000 for Texas State to come <laughs> up. But I think one thing we can't overlook in this climate in this day and age is just how much an offseason, what an offseason does. And I, we, we look at Colorado like, well, they were 1-11 last year, and Texas State was, you know, whatever they were. Texas State and Colorado both got new coaches. Both of their rosters are essentially new rosters. I mean, they both had absurd turnovers because of the turnover because of the uh, transfer portal. So those were completely new teams. I've always said I thought Texas State was a sleeping giant, and maybe they finally got the coach down there to, you know, pump the energy in that program they they need to you know, make them a competitive uh, Sun Belt team or whatever conference they're in. Um, make make them a competitive you know team that's on the level of the UTSA or one of those good you know non power power five schools. Um, but my vote is Texas Tech. I mean, come on. We were talking on this podcast last last week about the commissioner going up there and running his mouth about, you know, Texas and looking at you, coach, you got to take care of business, blah, blah, blah. I, they, I think the Dallas Morning News during the offseason wrote a story about Joey and how they may be the new Alabama. And this Texas Tech team is supposed to be making a, 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 a big jump. And then they go to Wyoming, yes, it was on the road, and lose to an all right Mountain West team. I mean, no, no Texas fan before the season thought that Wyoming game was going to be close. None of us did, and now also we're having to rethink what we think about Wyoming because of how they played against Texas Tech. And so I think Texas Tech, in my mind, had the bigger expectations of the three teams that lost this weekend. I personally thought TCU was overrated. I didn't think they deserved to be in the preseason poll, regardless of what they did last year. And I, I think Baylor is going to struggle this year. But that Texas Tech team, this is a team that's supposed to maybe contend with Texas in Kansas State for a Big 12 championship this year, and you get embarrassed on the road to, against the Mountain West team, and that's that was unacceptable in in my in my point of view. But uh, three three not great losses for the for those teams, uh, most, most definitely. Although maybe in a couple of weeks, if uh, Prime and the <laughs> Buffaloes keep doing their thing, we won't look so bad so down on TCU uh, in, in that loss. And at least at least TCU entertained us. If you were at if you were in Fort Worth, you had fun at the game. You, you may have left angry, but you had fun. You got your yeah. money. That was a good game. You know, Wyoming plays good at home. They're a good home team, and they got a really good quarterback, and Texas is going to see them in, what, you know, 10 days. So, <clears throat> you know, maybe they're a little better than we thought, too. But but, uh, it, but, but if, if Texas beats them by 30, then, you know, Tech Nation is really going to have to look at itself in the mirror and think, what are we doing no here? No question. Everything may not run through Lubbock except tractors. Except for the, except for the commissioner. All right, let's uh move on to the uh, – Texas Alabama game. Obviously, this is the, you know this is kind of one that Texas fans, media, maybe the players, even though they won't admit it, every game is the same to them. Apparently, if you if you ask them, this is the one that's been circled on the calendar 
since it was, you know, agreed to a few, a few years ago. Saturday at 6 p.m. at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Uh, Texas is still number 11 in the AP poll. Alabama moved up to number three. Um, like I said, the players are all kind of being a little cliche. The coaches are all, you know, Steve is saying the right things. This is just the next game on the schedule. It means the same as Wyoming next week and as Rice last week. But we know that's not the case. I'm going to ask Kirk for you to start off with. You asked a couple of players yesterday at media availability. Is this a statement game? And yeah, if Texas wins, what is this? What would that mean for Texas? And if they lose at the same time, what does that mean for this program and we're in the direction that it's heading? Well, two things. This is definitely a measuring stick. We thought last year was a measuring stick when they came so close, made a difference of maybe five plays that any one of those, you know, Ryan Watts gets a sack, uh, the tip field goal by Will Anderson, uh, the safety, non-safety, you know, they were like in Quinn Ewer's injury, obviously, but it was that close a game, but it is a measuring stick. It is a statement game, no matter what they say. And I was very bemused when all the players were saying, but we treat every game like it's championship week and we're playing for a championship, which is very ironic since they haven't played for a championship in, in nearly 15 years. So uh not sure they know that feeling yet. But Steve Sarkeesian needs a signature win. He needs one so bad. The only one I can even think of is, guess, what, Oklahoma last year in the Cotton Bowl? And that was a crappy Oklahoma team. It, Finished six and seven. Paul, you know, when when you're yeah, when you're 14 and 12 and you don't have that big win, it's not okay to just play him close. He's if he's truly gonna get over that hump, this is the kind of game he needs to win. If he loses, acceptable, don't get blown out, don't get embarrassed, don't go in there and and, and pee down your leg, because then everybody across the country, coast to coast, it. Same old Texas. So there's a hell of a lot on the line Saturday. Said they need they need to go in there and give Alabama a tussle just like last season. And and if they can win the game, it 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 can give them a a just a monumental boost. I don't expect them to win this game. I just don't. Um, but if they do and and they're talented enough to do it, and it all starts with Quinn, he's got to play better. Uh Sark will have his signature win. The whole country will see it. Uh, high expectations will go even higher. And higher. They, and how are they going to handle those expectations? Because that would put them in rarefied air. It's been a minute since we've talked about Texas as a legitimate top 10 team. Now, they finished number 10 in 2018, but only two teams have lost four games and finished in the top 10 in like 30 years, and they're one of them. So um, this would be different. Um, they took care of business against Rice, like Daniel said. They'll have to play better. Uh, it's garbage. It's garbage to say that this they're treating this like any other game because if they are, they're going to get their doors blown off. They better go in there knowing that they got to bring their A game against Alabama. They can't have bad half against Alabama, or they're going to be on their back looking up, looking up at the skylights because they're going to get knocked out. So. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited about it because I really think it's going to be a good game at least for a half, but it all depends on this Texas offense. They got to be better guys. They just got to be better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, there's seven point underdogs for a reason. This will be the only game that Texas is an underdog all season. Probably, um, you go in there 
you match up with Bama in the trenches like you did last year, and I think that's a win. Even if you lose, I think if you can go in there and match their physicality and athleticism on both lines, I, I think that'll bode well for the future. And since Sarka got here, what, two and a half years ago, you know, he's talked about getting those big humans on both sides of the ball. Um, if Texas can do that and prove that they belong in the SEC and they can go toe-to-toe with a heavyweight like Bama, I think they'll be fine. I don't think it's a must-win for Texas. But you guys are right. At some point, you need a signature win. Now, crushing OU last year, I think in the manner of that victory, there is some signature to that. But you go into Bama, and I think this Bama team is not quite what they have been the last decade. So if you can go in there and get a win, major statement, and it puts you in a position to make a run at, at the at the playoff. Simple as that. Oh, I know. I know what a win means for me. If Texas wins, I'm not getting up in San Antonio in a, in a couple months. It's all <laughs> making it about yourself, Dad. That's all I know. But so selfish, so selfish. I think uh, it, one track. That's all I care about. Um, I think win or lose, as long as Texas doesn't get blown out, you know, this is a measuring stick and a confidence builder. And then obviously, if Texas wins, you know, I, I think the momentum train just takes off and. Um, you know, there's definitely going to be a little bit more more swagger. You know, these these players are not lacking in confidence, but they're definitely going to be feel like be definitely feeling a lot more confidence. And then you just see how they deal with pressure, um, extreme pressure, more pressure than um, you know they're used to being being University of Texas athletes. You'd be the pressure officially being the hunted. But um, I, I think they play well. I mean, we kind of saw how it was um, after the after the Alabama game last year. I mean, they. Even though they lost, you know, they didn't they didn't walk in that press conference with their heads held down. There was there's was definitely some confidence there. Now granted it lasted two weeks because they lost at tech two two weeks later. But um I, I think as long as they play well, I think this is a good way to measure, especially some of the younger guys and some of the positions they're trying to build up. That's a good way to, you know, measure yourself against the best. And this is a good weekend to do do that. Now if they get blown out, you know, or we may be saying the same stuff we were just saying about uh Texas Tech and TCU a couple minutes ago about Texas. So well, we'll have to see next week, but definitely a measure of sick game. Um, said you mentioned him, Quinn Ewers, obviously did not play well against Rice last year, but he did play well for a quarter against Alabama until kind of a dirty hit uh, took him out at the end of the first quarter. Um, you know, Quinn, we talked to him yesterday on Monday, said he doesn't play the what-if game. We do, though, because we're in the media. And I think if Quinn had stayed in that game, Texas would have won last year. But so a year later... Um, what Quinn Ewers do you expect to see in Tuscaloosa and what, what does he need to do to kind of, I guess, win over any doubters that he may still, may still have. They needed to see him pick up where he left off last season, hitting on deep balls to the X-Man, a couple of nice scrambles, uh, checking down, smartly checking down the open receivers and not, not taking sacks. That's what they need to see. And what we see is a more mature Quinn Ewers. He's not interesting. He's not interesting. He's not a great interview, but he's more mature. I think he's settled into the position. I think he knows what's at stake. He's worked on his body. He's worked on his mentality. So he has developed. He has developed. He's come forward somewhat. He still has some mechanical issues. Uh, still, still working on that deep ball. Still throwing off his back foot. Which, which is those things are correctable, but you think they would have been corrected by now. Uh, throwing off his back foot when he's got a clean pocket is not good. So um, he's gonna he's gonna be rushed more. 
Um, Kirk and I noticed that he's a little lighter on his feet this year. The, the weight loss, he's been, he's running a little bit better. They're going to need him to move the chains with a couple of scrambles. We're not asking him to run 40 yards, but, uh, but on, but on second and six, if he can get you five or get you four or five and set you up for third and short, that's how you stay ahead of those chains. So I think his legs are going to be important. Uh, that's what I want to see from Quinn yours. And I really do believe guys. I think he's going to show up. I think he's going to show up for this game. It's a marquee game. I think he's going to show up. What what I really want to see is if how this defense adjusts to the most athletic quarterback they will see so far. Thomas, how's Quinn going to do? You know, we the the term game manager is, is almost used as an insult sometimes. But what if what we're seeing from Quinn is that's what he is. Maybe he's a high-level game manager. Get the ball to your playmakers in the right spots. You don't necessarily need to make the plays downfield to move the ball. As said, mentioned, make some plays with his legs when he has to. Uh, maybe being a game manager is good enough to beat Bama. Maybe not. But I think maybe that's what Quinn is. And fans may not want to hear that. They, they may don't. not see the dramatic downfield shots. But with the talent around him, Managing the game the right way is going to win you a lot of games. You say game manager, and I would think those are fighting words to Steve, Steve Sarkeesian. You know, here's the heralded quarterback whisperer. Why the hell is Arch Manning? What's he doing in Austin, Texas? Because Sark. Sark's the developer of quarterbacks. So we haven't seen it yet. I mean, yeah. you know, Hudson Card didn't fully develop. Casey Thompson, who who did throw five touchdowns last week for Tom Herman at uh, Florida Atlantic. But, uh, yeah, it's, he's looking more like a game manager because I just don't think he's looked special yet. And I think we were groomed, and he was hyped to be special. And I don't know if it's because the five-star, leaving high school early, going to Ohio State. You know, he was kind of viewed as the savior. South Lake Carroll. I mean, he's been viewed as the savior, and they've been looking for one since Colt McCoy. So he's I think he's gonna play well too. But you know, his record seven and four, you know, last year 58% to Sed's point, you know, he's much more mature, he's more comfortable. And I think we overlooked that last year because you know, here he was high school, Columbus, Ohio. Austin, Texas, new staff, new teammates, new surroundings, going to class. And I think we underplayed that and probably unfairly to, to Quinn. But now, you know, and freshman quarterbacks are playing. You look all, all over the place and they're playing. So he's got to be special. And I don't know if he has shown that yet to to what Thomas is saying. It, he's shown more like a game manager than a guy that's whip them downfield four passes there in the end zone. So that's what we're looking for. That's what we're waiting for. And the unspoken thing is, boy, Malik Murphy sure looks good. He sure has a strong arm. And, well, I bet he would be hard to bring down in the open field. So that's kind of the unspoken thing. Until Quinn proves I'm a big game player and a big game winner. Who's the last game manager to be projected as the number eighth overall pick in the NFL draft? Yeah, but he's not the eighth pick, is he? No. Does anybody here think he's the eighth pick next spring? I do not. I do not. I do not either. But the season's I early. Take, I might season's stick Shadur Sanders in there instead. Of yeah, it might be different come December, but right now. 
Right now, no. Because right I don't know. Danny, I'll ask you this. Is there one thing or two things that Quinn Ewers does that, boy, that's special. That's elite. Have you seen that out of him yet, Danny? Not yet, but as you said, I think we we put we maybe put a little bit too too much pressure on on Quinn for the age he was. I mean, he was eighteen last year, whatever whatever age he was. Okay. At some point, the training wheels had to come off, and maybe that's this week. But I, I I think the notion that he's just a game manager is a little silly. The quarterback at the University of Texas is not a game manager, especially when Malik Murphy and Arch Manning are behind him on, on the depth chart. And I have a feeling that if Thomas, if you want to ask Steve that question um, at his <laughs> press conference on Monday, you might got, get the Ottawa treatment um, with, <laughs> with his, uh, with his response. So I, I don't think Quinn is a, a game manager at some point, you know, he's, he's got to grow up and you know, have that one breakout game. That's not, you know, Oklahoma. Cause obviously Oklahoma was down last year. He started to show flash against Alabama last year, but he has the weapons. Um, everyone just got to get on the same page. And if Texas can play, the offense plays like we expect it to play. And as the stars that in the recruiting system expect them to play, I mean, you know, Quinn, Quinn can show a lot of things and maybe he will at some point be that number eight, you know, pick in the draft, but it's probably too early to project where he's going to go in the NFL draft is also too. I, I don't think we've seen a big enough sample size to call him a game manager well, as well, wonder- but we are, we are running out of time. So we got to, we gotta get to, get this going. We have we have the less. Game manager is that. not an insult. It's not an it, insult. It, it, is, it, is, it is an insult at the University of Texas. I'm sorry. And, and in fight today's football game, it, it is. It is. It is an insult. If, if it's not an insult, once again, ask Steve Sarkeesian on Monday and see <laughs> see see the reaction and see if uh, he feels it's an insult. But um, really quickly, we need an X factor for both teams in your pick for Saturday, Thomas. We will start with you. Okay, I think it's going to be a defensive game. I think both defenses are really good. I think it take the under, whatever it is. And that means the kickers. Will Reichert for Alabama is arguably the best kicker they've had in school history. He leads that program in points all time. And we saw what Bert Auburn can do last week against Rice. He made three field goals. He almost hit a 50-plus yarder. Um, I think it comes down to those kickers. And I think a 50-yard field goal could win this game. I'm going to give the edge to Bama on a late field goal again. Let's say 24-23. Very similar to last year. Cedric? Jalen Ford is the X factor because Kirk asked him about, did you spy last year on Bryce? Oh, no, no, no. We, we just played our basics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's spying. He's spying Saturday, Duck. Good question, Kirk Bolt. He is spying. It's going to be on Jalen Ford to keep, to keep Jalen Milrow from getting loose. So it's going to be on the middle linebacker and those other ones, those other linebackers to hold up their end on the edges and when things break down. And so the X factor to me is the best defensive player on the field. And his name is Jalen Ford. Duck. I I think it's a real good answer. Very perceptive too. Uh, and the defense is going to be so key in this game. But I, I'm going to go with – it was tough for me. I was going to go with A.D. Mitchell because maybe Kool-Aid McKinstry, their best defensive back, is going to oh, be yeah. on Xavier. He might be on Xavier one-on-one. I think that's what I would do if I was saving. Uh, and that would give me leave somebody else over because you can't double everybody. So it could be A.D. Mitchell. But I'm going to say uh, 
Jatavian Sanders. Mm. Uh, you know, he showed up a little bit uh, against Rice. He had the touchdown. And Quinn's at his best with those short, intermediate passes. And with the pass rush that Alabama may put on Quinn, he may be looking say, you know, Jatavian Sanders. So I, I expect a big game out of the, the big uh, tight end on Saturday. No. Oh, and as far as win, Texas is going to win. Come on, you guys. This is a special game. It's going to be uh, Texas 27-24. I don't know what Bama's, you guys are Bama's going to win. It. I don't know. Bama's going to win, and they're going to cover that seven. Ooh. Don't cover pick, that seven. I'm going to pick uh, What's Trump your score? Sweat. I like I'll the – I'll go with Trevondre Sweat. I like the way he played in the opener. Um, I think he flashed back a year. There's some Texas fans probably still wondering how he wasn't credited with a safety on that play against uh, Bryce Young in the end zone. Um, Kirk mentioned Kool-Aid on the Alabama side. Obviously, um, talented defensive back, all preseason SEC team. It's going to be fun to see whatever um, Texas, Texas receiver he ends up lined up against. Those are going to be some fun battles and see if he can you know, continue to do what he does and maybe shut down one side of the field, whichever side he ends up um, defending. And I am also picking Alabama. Um, obviously, home field advantage. I think they're better than Texas right now, but – uh, I expect a close game. I'm, I'm not picking a walk-off field goal or anything like that, but um, I, I think it will be a close, competitive, good good game for everyone who tunes in on ESPN. If you're still able to watch ESPN in the Austin area. Um, oh, my God, it's rough. Man. But, um, it's rough on sports fans right now. Come on, the, house. Get it together. Cut, cut the cord, y'all. Come on. But if you are if you are still in Austin this weekend and not in Tuscaloosa like the four of us will be, there there's some stuff still going on, on campus this week. The volleyball team, which is ranked seventh in the ABCA poll, two and two on the season. They're at home against Florida Gulf Coast on Friday evening at 5 p.m. Soccer, which is ranked 18th in their poll, home versus Stephen F. Austin on Thursday night, and then home against Gonzaga on Sunday afternoon. So some action around campus if you would like to see that. Um if you're driving around, need something to listen to, and you're done listening to the Longhorn Confidential Podcast, I have another podcast with a big guest that I think you should tune into, the On Second Thought Podcast with Kirk and Sed. Um, you know, Paul Feinbaum, big uh, big get this week. Uh, what, what did Paul have to say to you all this week? What, what can we look forward to listening to? little tease, just a little tease. He just gave us a little bit of insight into the psychology of Nick Saban. And Kirk asked Paul Feinbaum, do you expect Nick Saban to coach another five years? That's called a radio tease. Tune in to find out what the mouth of the South had to say yeah. about that. Because we know yeah. Kurt Bowles is going to be riding for another five years. <laughs> Don't we, Duck? Uh, I'll go for five days at this point. Uh, <laughs> the, other thing too, the other thing, too, we asked him what a Cal- Alabama's Achilles heel might be this year and for Saturday. So that answer might surprise you. Too and really well. That, that was a Thursday morning. Shocking answer. When yeah, he, that. he was very candid. You can find that on statesman.com or wherever your podcast. It'll drop on Thursday morning. So obviously something to listen to if you're traveling to Tuscaloosa or is hanging out in Austin. Um, I'm sure it will be a good, good, re- good listen, and I'm I'm looking forward to listening to it. Also on statesman.com throughout the week, you can read all of our Alabama prep stuff, and then obviously on game. The night of the game, we'll have you know live blog, obviously coverage from the game, and lots of stuff afterwards as we uh, you know recover from our trip and get ready for the Wy- the Wyoming game. But that's gonna do it from us. We gotta we gotta get to work, get ready for a fun little trip to Alabama this week. Um, 
Thanks for listening to us wherever you get your podcast. Watch us on YouTube. Check us out on the website. But for Danny Davis, Thomas Jones, Kirk Bowles, Cedric Golden, uh, we'll we'll see you next week. Have fun. Have fun this weekend. Deuces.